bring uh, your attention back. Thank you so much. Well, as already been said, a very warm welcome to you, particularly if you're visiting us this morning. Thank you so much for uh, being with us. My name's Steve Whittington, and I help to lead the church here. And it was great uh, to gather uh, last week as we began our new term together. And it was wonderful to have Hannah Dago preach, wasn't it? And really encouraging. And uh, I know many of us were impacted by what she brought to us last Sunday. Well, Alison mentioned September is here. That must mean it's almost Christmas. <laughs> Most of you went, uh, inside. But those who are excited about Christmas went for it, didn't they? Kids are going back to school. Breathe a sigh of relief. I also know some of you will be shedding a few tears as a child starts school for the first time or goes off to university. And others of you will be shedding tears because the traffic will be even worse on the road as you go to work in the morning. Well, here at Jubilee, we're really excited about what God is going to do among us and in our community, as well as we look forward to the next few months together. And at the beginning of this new term, we're beginning a new sermon series, looking at our values as a church. And we're privileged not to just be an independent church, but rather part of a worldwide family of churches called New Frontiers. And within that, there are smaller families of churches called different names, and we're in partnership with regions beyond, uh, led by Steve Oliver and team. And we have a distinct set of values that we're working uh, towards together. And we want to build churches on those foundations. And as we plant churches all over the world to replicate those values, that doesn't mean we're trying to make churches that all look the same, all have the same style, rather that the values that we are building our foundations on are worked out in context of that village, that town, the city where the church is based, and is shaped by the local leadership. And there are 11 sort of key values that we hold together as regions beyond. And over the next few weeks, we're going to help each week to unpack some of those values. These are what the values are. We celebrate the centrality of the local church. We're faithful to scripture. We are humbly led by gifted leadership teams. We are thrilled and motivated by grace. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit. We are there for one another's success. We are devoted to mission. We embrace the poor. We're enthusiastically servant-hearted. We're intentional about diversity. And we are shaped by the prophetic. So this morning we're going to start by looking at celebrating the centrality of the local church. As I was just reading through those uh, values, actually, one of those which is key, we're devoted to mission. Sue Adlard has been serving. Is Sue out there? Welcome, team. We're Sue Ad Adlard. Sue, come on down. Come on. So just come down just briefly. Let's welcome Sue Adlard. We've got the handheld mic somewhere. Is it hiding somewhere? There it is. Sue, I know you're going, you said you're going on holiday. Well, you are kind of going on holiday. But tell us where you're actually off to. Where are you going? Oh, I'm going to visit my daughter in Malawi. Thanks. She was here a few weeks ago with her husband. So a few weeks ago, your daughter shared about what God is doing with them in Malawi. So tell us about some of the yeah. things you're going to get up to while you're there. Uh, quite nice things, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're going to Lake Malawi for a few days. Great. And uh, we're going to, in, up in the mountains, a place called Zomba. 
and a place called Bushman's Boabab where there's like sort of nice huts but the doors are open and the elephants walk through the, the middle during the night. Wow, that sounds amazing. Uh, yeah, but we're also going to, I'm really excited, going to their local church. Yeah. And I'm um, hoping to visit Shine for a, one afternoon while we're over there as well. Right, so Shine Village is uh, what Phil and Debbie uh, set up, which is yeah. fantastic. So you're going to go and visit, take some baby clothes, I believe. Yes. Got a suitcase got full of baby uh-huh, clothes. Yes, yes. That's fantastic. So we're going to pray. Let's just pray for, we're going to pray for a great holiday, great break. But her, uh, her daughter and son-in-law are missionaries there, really serving the local church, serving the community. And we want to pray for Sue as she goes, that God really captures her with a greater sense of mission. She goes, is that okay? Why don't we just stretch out our hand towards her as we pray. Father, we thank you for Sue. We thank you for the gifting of God she is to us here at Jubilee. And I pray that she really be blessed as she has a break, as she has a holiday, but also as she encounters the church, the people of God in that place, as she visited visit shine lord we pray for our heart to be enlarged for greater mission and we pray impact to speak to her as she goes we pray in jesus name amen give it back to Alison for me thank you let's give sue a round of applause so we're looking at the centrality of the local church this morning and to begin with it's really important of course to understand the church is not the building people always get confused why do we they call us jubilee central church which is okay that's fine That's because we've called the building Jubilee Central. That's the building. The church is us, the gathered people. In fact, the word church comes from the Greek word ecclesia, which means an assembly, a coming together of called out ones. And the root meaning of church is therefore not of a building, but of people. And so when you become a Christian, when you give your life to Jesus, when you begin to follow him, You're called out of the darkness, the Bible said, and brought into light. You're brought out of the world and put into his people, the church. That's the moment you give your life to Christ. You get caught up in the most exciting thing that exists on planet Earth, the church of Jesus Christ. And the Bible tells us that all of God's plans for the world he created are tied up in one thing, having a people for himself, a people for himself, the church, God's people, And that's not just the world sort of universal church, but every single expression of that is God's plan and purpose. Ephesians 3 verse 10 says this, his intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. His intent, that means his purpose. His desire, his passion is through the church, through his people, through his gathered communities, that the manifold wisdom, that means his multiple, his multicolored wisdom, his mercy, his grace, his power, his love, his authority, his patience, his cares, should be made known. How? Through his people, through us. Through us even gather here today, Jubilee Church Hall, are to display his manifold wisdom and for thousands of years it was kept a secret but jesus came and created a new people we are the church jesus of course said to peter one of his disciples he said i will build my church and the gates of hades will not overcome it the one great purpose of god in history and in this age and in the ages to come is the gathering of people And now these people are the church, God's 
people. And one day his church will be made whole and complete. We sang about our Jesus when we will see him face to face. One day the bride, the church will be revealed for all to see. We will meet our bridegroom Christ again face to face. And everyone who has been counted in his people will be caught up with him and will be with him forever. It's exciting. That's where history is heading. And yet we're a part of that community here today. One day the last person will be added into that church, his people, including, of course, many Jews who will realize that Jesus is the Messiah. One day the Lord Jesus will live among his chosen and gathered people forever in a new heaven and a new earth. And that truth should begin to change us and transform us. Give us a bigger picture of what God is doing in us together as God's community. It's certainly one that has affected and driven my life. We're all called to serve and work with Christ as he builds his church. That's why we moved, Joe and I, from first from Brighton to Middlesbrough and then again to Hull 11 years ago. We didn't leave friends and family, familiar places in the south to move north for a career move, to buy a cheaper house. We moved because of the passion for Christ and his church. See, what we understood, that sacrifice, hardship, and difficulties of moving, of changing friends again, of trying to meet new places, were small issues in the light of eternity. We were first called to go to Middlesbrough to support a small church there. And then we came to plant the church here 11 years ago. Why? Because Jesus died for a people. And there are people even here today who've been saved and added into this church community. And there are hundreds, if not thousands, in our city who will also do the same. And many of us, are part of that community and called to do the same. Some of us are going to continue to support here. Others are going to go and help plant churches all across the world. There's no better cause to give yourself to than a passion of serving God through his people. So how is the manifold wisdom of God to me made known? How is it seen through his church? Well, there are just three things I just want to pull out that I want to emphasize this morning that help us to know what places the local church at the very centre of our lives. The first one is this to understand. We have been gathered and are chosen to be together. Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wives. Your husband here, put up your hand. This is for you, particularly, but it's for all of us. Husbands, love your wives. But this is for all of us. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. See, Christ Jesus, as we've already been talking about this morning, gave his life on the cross because he loved us. For God so loved the world. He was on the cross dying so that a people could be forgiven and brought into relationship with God. He died for his people, the church. Our salvation was for a purpose. Being a Christian is not just about an individual, private relationship with God. Although that's very important, it's important to be by yourself to pray. Be by yourself and study the words. 
be by yourself and worship God. But actually, the purpose of our salvation is to be in a body. It's to be in the body of Christ. It's to be part of a local expression of his church. And the only Christian life understood and explained in the Bible is a corporate one. I don't know if you know, but most of the words you, it talks about you in the New Testament, means plural. Use lot. Us. See, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about us as God's people. You see, being part of a local church community is not an optional extra to the Christian life. It's not just a meeting to attend. It's not just some theological idea that you need to understand. Every local church is composed of a body of believers who've been called out from the world and are now under the authority and the dominion and authority of Christ, a people who are in covenant with him and in him, and therefore united with one another in that same covenant. You see, when you are saved, when you respond to Jesus, you don't add church to your life. You are added to the church. You're added into a body. It's so important to grasp that. There's so much individualism in our society, even sometimes in the Christian world. It's about what I can get out of church, what I can choose to do, what I get out. I'll just turn up when it's that person preaching. I'm too tired today. I, 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 I. Actually, it's about us, about the community. It's about together. Secondly, we have not just been called and chosen to be together, but we've been chosen for purpose. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says this, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. You, us, are the body of Christ. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're part of the body of Christ. See, the verse in this context is describing the church like Christ's body, like a body. And a body is held together by different parts, and different parts of the body have different functions. And we all have a part to play in that. No one part is better than the other. There isn't a hierarchy. Well, it's the elders of the church, then there's the leadership, and then it's the, the people who kind of serve, and then it's those who are weaker down here. It's not like a hierarchy. Actually, it's a body. We all have different parts, but all have an important role to perform. And sometimes there's seasons in the role that we perform. But all of us are important as God brings us together. We all have different gifts. My gift, and I hope it's still my gift, is to continue to lead this church. But it's no more important than somebody who served coffee to us this morning. We work in unity together. We're committed to one another. We submit to one another. Every one of us is absolutely essential. Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. We are. We are God's workmanship. Again, it's plural, not about individuals, It's not about what my works is, what is my ministry, what is my gifting. It's about our gifting together, what God has called us to do. And we all have a part to play serving his church together. 
whether as Lily does in our children's work, whether it's those teaching this morning, whether it's cooking a family for a meal because of illness, maybe it's serving breakfast next week as we start our breakfast again for Life College, doing repairs on the building, having somebody over for coffee, praying for somebody, all are essential. All are important. And we do have gaps as we want to serve God together, not just here on a Sunday. It's fantastic. Our over 50s group on a Thursday this week, we're having a cream tea and a fun quiz. We want people to come from the church to come and help serve that. Because actually, do you know that most people that come don't know Jesus yet? And they love coming. They love being served. They love talking. But actually, what we need is Christians to come and talk to them. Christians to come and serve them. Make them a cup of tea. Maybe you could be involved in that. We have the privilege of serving our vendors with the Big Issue magazine. And Sarah Donkin does an incredible job. Don't you, Sarah? She's not going to say yes. She does. She is now doing all the admin for me during the week. And she's so brilliant with our vendors. She really loves and cares for them and is being stronger on the boundaries, aren't we, Sarah? We're sorting them out. But we love those who we serve each week. We need some more help during the week, just for an hour and a half, just to serve magazines, particularly on a Thursday morning. Maybe you could fill that gap. But we've got lots of things where you can get involved, not just during the week, but on Sundays at different points. See, the Bible teaches that membership of this body is a new covenant expectation for all of us. Every Christian is a member of the universal church, but it should be working out that privilege and responsibility as a functioning member of a local church. Maybe you're new to Hull. Maybe you just arrived. I want to encourage you. Jubilee might not be the church for you. It might not be. There might be somewhere where you fit in better, where the vision of the church is, oh yeah, I can really dovetail in with that. I'd encourage you, get stuck in wherever you choose to go. Of course, we'd love you to be part of what God's doing here. But get stuck in, get involved with a local body of believers. I want to encourage you, be committed to a local church. Are you serving? Are you fulfilling your role if you're a member of this church? Or do you just turn up for a meeting and go again? Because you won't grow in God. You won't benefit from one another, from your giftings. We want to be that. We want to support one another. Are you giving financially? Are you supporting? Are you saying, yes, we're with you as we seek to build this community here in this city? The stronghold that has to be broken often is that individualism. We're called to be fishers of men, the Bible describes us. And often when we think of that, we think, well, it's just me and my little fishing rod. I'll fish over here. But actually, the analogy is fishermen. It was a community thing. We all pull in the nets together. And we all have a part to play. Some of you are out on the boat. Some of you are helping to gut the fish at the other end. I would not, that's not me. Or on the boat. Uh, or repairing the nets. Where am I? I'll, I'll give the instructions. Go there. That's me. I don't do boats. I don't do water. But we're all called to be fishermen together. All called in mission together. The church is described as well as a city on a hall. Um, sorry, a city on a hill. It is visible. It's inviting. We're all called to be ambassadors for Christ. A light to the world, shining like stars in the universe. That's who the church is on display for people to see. Wow, 
There's something different there. They're working together. They're serving together. They're loving one another. They're loving their community. My favorite quote regarding the church is from a guy called Bill Hybels. He wrote a book, Courageous Leadership, and has a leadership conference each year. And he says this, there's nothing like the local church when it's working right. Church sometimes doesn't work right. Sometimes we upset one another. Sometimes we say things we shouldn't do. Sometimes we misunderstood one another. Let's sort it out if that's the issue. But when it's working right, its beauty is indescribable. Its power is breathtaking. Its potential is unlimited. It comforts the grieving and heals the broken in the context of community. It builds bridges to seekers and offers truth to the confused. It provides resources for those in need and opens its arms to the forgotten, the downtrodden, the disillusioned. It breaks the chains of addictions, frees the oppressed, and offers belonging to the marginalized of this world. Whatever the capacity for human suffering, the church has a greater capacity for healing and wholeness. Still to this day, the potential of the local church is almost more than I can grasp. No other organization on earth is like the church. Wow. That's what a church should be. That's what we should be looking to build. That's what we're trying to do. But it's all of us together. And lastly, the bigger picture, which is even bigger than that, is that why have we been gathered? We've been gathered because it's about the glory of God. It's for the glory of God. It's interesting when we looked uh, in the book of Acts, didn't we, uh, in an earlier series, and there was Saul who was persecuting God's church. Jesus came to him and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It's a weird thing to say. He was persecuting the church. But Jesus is saying, no, you're persecuting me. We have to be so careful when we criticize other churches or other Christians. Because actually, we're persecuting Christ. Yes, they might be imperfect. Yes, we might be imperfect. But it's for his glory. It's his church. It's his people. It's his body. And our priority is to give glory to God. And one of those ways we express it is in our worship together. And our corporate worship together. The corporate worship is the major reason why we've gathered together here today. Yes, we've enjoyed the coffee, I hope. Yes, we've enjoyed maybe meeting somebody new, our friendship. But actually, we've gathered to corporately worship together. And I think sometimes when we arrive late on a Sunday, when we think of Sundays as taking kind of shifts, one week off, a day off, the issue often is because we haven't grasped why we gather together. Now, it's important to go to work if you do work shifts. And at times, you do need to obviously see family. But sometimes it, again, becomes about our needs, not others. Well, I don't need to be at church today. I'm not doing anything. Actually, we need you. We need you to welcome the visitor who sits next to you. We need you to bring a word of encouragement. We need you to pray for us. We need you to put an arm around somebody in worship who is upset. We need you to serve. We need you to be an example to new believers in worship, we need one another. It's about us. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's about him and his glory and about the demonstration to others. 
See, we need to understand the purposes of the church are in terms of first, ministry to God. Secondly, it's ministry to one another, making disciples. And thirdly, it's ministry to the world, showing mercy, telling people about Christ's service. But our ministry to God has to come first. It's our relationship to God. And the main purpose as we gather together is to worship him. Ephesians 5 says this, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. This is the important bit. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. R.C. Sproul, a great church leader and theologian, said this, Worship in the church is not merely a preparation for something else. It is of itself fulfilling the major purpose of the church with reference to its Lord. See, it says we speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs. That is what corporate worship is. You know, I can have and enjoy myself more at home in worship. Because you know what I do? I put on a gospel album. And I'm away with God, in the presence of God. It really excites me. But why do I come here? Why do I sometimes sing songs I'm not that keen on? I sit there and think, oh, no, not that one. Casey, why did you choose that one? I exalt thee. We're going back to the Noah's Ark. But then at the same time, I think, wow, I remember that song as a teenager, my passion. So I can think like that for two seconds. And then I can think about, no, it's about the glory of God. I'm here to worship God, but also I'm to sing to one another. See, as I worship, I'm sending an example. I'm singing to you. I'm encouraging you. See, if we just sit here like this and worship God, we're not singing to one another. We're just in a bad mood generally. Now, it's okay to be in a bad mood sometimes. Sometimes life is difficult. But that's why I take my eyes off myself. I look to Jesus and I look to others. And say, that's why I liked it, Casey, when he said, we exalt you. We exalt you. Come on, I exalt you. Kez, I exalt you. Worship God. And Kez, because she's there like this, I'm thinking, she's worshiping God. I'm going to worship God. I'm going to exalt him because she's passionate about Jesus and it causes my passions to grow. That's why we encourage, we sing to one another. We exalt one another to worship God. We dance and we sing, not because it's about what I like, but it's about what he likes. He loves our worship and he loves our corporate coming together. It's so important. That's why coming together is key, whether it's on a Sunday, which is important, but as we pray together, as we come into our week of prayer, as we connect with one another in our growth groups, we're there for one another. It's not about me, but it's about my God and our God. We are the church, and we must value one another. When we criticize the church, when we lose our zeal for being together, we actually can be losing our love and passion for Christ and his body. Sometimes we are disappointed or let down, but we need to ask God for a new passion for him, for his people. 
and make the local church central in our mission together. That's why we place high priority. It's God's church. He is building. He's building in this city through us and other great expressions of local church all over this city. Some of them gathering this morning, some gathering this afternoon and tonight. But where people are zealous, coming together for God, seeking God. It's about him. It's about his glory. I want to encourage us at the beginning of this time. What does God want to challenge us with? Maybe with our attitude. It's about me, my wants, my needs. I'll get here as late as possible and leave as quick as possible. It's about you. Now, some of us have, at times, there's illness and sickness and something, things affect us. That's okay. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But what I'm saying is this. We're here for one another. We're here as his people. We're here to worship together, not by ourselves. But maybe God needs to break into your life in this term. Set you free from some of those fears that you have of maybe just connecting with people. Maybe you find it difficult to go into somebody's home. That's okay. We can speak to the growth group leader. We can make it easier to, for you to go there the first time. Build your confidence up a bit. And for some of us who maybe could become disillusioned, I want to encourage you. If you're loving Jesus, then begin to love his people again. Love his church. Get connected. Get in. Let's stand together. just going to pray together. I know some of you have already prayed in this meeting. You've said, Jesus, I want to know you. I want to invite you into my life. And as you do that, as you stand with somebody, as you really commit to following Jesus, you'll then become part of this great church, his body, his church. And so we'd love the opportunity just to talk and to pray with you, answer any questions you may have, give you a free Bible if you're able to read or give you some resources that will help you begin your journey of following Jesus. But for others of us, God just wants to instill a passion again for his cause, for his name, for his glory, for his people. So right now, maybe if there's something, if you're feeling really uh, at the moment, ask God why you're feeling like that. <laughs> maybe there's some, you need to ask God for forgiveness. Maybe you need God to change something in you. For some of us, we just need some of those barriers. Maybe we've put barriers against other people. We need to turn around and ask God for forgiveness. For some of us, maybe we've been hurt by church leadership, by things that have been said, maybe by pressure. Maybe you've been forced into things that you shouldn't have been forced into. Maybe you felt like you've been burnt out by the church. Well, that's not the church. That's, that's human beings. That's leadership. Sometimes we do fail. But you've got to trust Jesus again. Say, Jesus, I'm looking to you. I'm going to lay that down and I'm going to serve. I'm going to give myself to you, Jesus. And maybe for some of us, we're looking for a, a church. Maybe we just come to say, I want to encourage you. Ask Jesus, is this the church for you? If not, get into a church in the next couple of weeks. Find one. Get stuck in. Because it's so important. You have things to give and to bring. And you need to be accountable and under leadership and their care and love. Father, we just come to you. We thank you that you came to die for a people. 
you came to die for us. Thank you, Lord, we've been added in. Thank you, one day we're going to be with you face to face. Lord, we're looking forward to that day. But till that day comes, we say your kingdom come on earth. Lord, build your church in Hull, in this nation, in the nations of the world. Lord, cause our passion to grow for you, Jesus, and that passion to be outworked as we serve and love one another, as we submit to one another, as we care for one another, as we pastor one another. Come and fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus. Give us a passion for your name, we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to finish our